coming to you live from the Business Radio X studio. It's Franchise Marketing Radio, brought to you by IDS, an award-winning digital marketing agency that delivers integrated marketing solutions for franchisers, franchisees, and franchise development teams. Learn why over 75 brands depend on IDS's team of dedicated marketers and client service professionals to deliver a strong ROI on their marketing investment. Go to IDSFranchiseMarketing.com for a complimentary digital audit and consultation. Hello and welcome to another session, another episode of Franchise Marketing Radio. I'm your host, Rob Ganley. And I am excited to have our guest today, and you should be too. He is with Property Management Inc., PMI. He's the COO of this brand. His name is Jeremiah Cundiff. Welcome to the show. Hey, Rob. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. You got it. You got it. Hey, listen, I, as I tell everybody, I usually say this in the beginning of our shows, it's a pleasure to speak to guys like you, right? And look at the success that you're having and talk through it and, and really help break it down for our audience. So before we get into the details, the, the nuts and bolts, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you wound up at PMI? Absolutely. So I've been in the franchise industry for approximately 14 years and uh, started in the industry with a startup franchise out of Phoenix, Arizona. And ended up being involved in an exit, selling that brand when it was uh, in its early stages of development and was kind of out of a job in terms of uh, looking for a new opportunity. And I found PMI back in 2009, 2010, uh, was at the very end of 2009, beginning of 2010. And at the time, the brand uh, Property Management Inc. had 17 franchise units. You know, in the in the system, and I I couldn't I, I can't even really consider it a brand back then, <laughs> Rob, because with seventeen franchise locations, you know, we were just you know just getting started. But Steve Hart, the co-founder, and at the time he was co-founder and president, now co-founder and CEO, he was looking for someone to come into the brand and help them recruit you know new franchise owners to buy into the vision of building a national property management brand uh, through the franchise business model so I started in you know in the brand uh, recruiting some of our earlier uh, pioneers uh, that bought into the franchise system and then just progressed uh, through some different roles uh, in the organization uh, took on a role in recruiting conversions into the brand and then transitioned over to operations about six years ago and then about a month ago, got promoted the chief operating officer. And so it's been an incredible journey uh, just uh, uh, watching this brand go from 17 franchise locations to we just announced that we hit 400 franchise locations and it just went out uh, this last uh, this last week. So uh, it's been an incredible journey. That, that, you know, I was going to say that uh, you went from 17 units and yes, I know I work with a lot of emerging brands and it's a pleasure to go through that process. But it is a tough, those first hundred are pretty tough uh, to get. So that's pretty amazing. And now, what, 219, is that accurate? The 2022 Entrepreneur 500, is that right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. So you're big league. And I love looking at, I like that. I like what they do over at Entrepreneurs. So it's very helpful. But it's, it, it's very, you know, I find that those brands that make that list, they're good brands. <laughs> There's a reason for it. Uh, so it's nice to be ranked right there in the middle of the pack. I expect you to move up. We'll have you back on. But no, it's amazing. So tell me a little more about, so we talk about growth, right? So here, I, I mentioned to you before the show about, 
from 2020 to t- till now, and then I looked a little before then at your growth because you shared on your website, and it seems like you're getting a boost the last two or three years, hitting the 400. You're COO. You you even got a VP of marketing now, which is pretty amazing, right? So so tell me a little more. Is there something specific that you could put your finger on that's impacted the last two or three years? You know, when you look at the model that we've built, you know, Rob, I, you know, I, I attribute our growth to, you know, prospective franchise buyers looking at PMI and saying, you know what, this is a, a different type of franchise opportunity. And I, I say that because when you look at, uh, at PMI, I kind of refer to it as a platform, you know, brand. Uh, and it's a platform brand because we basically have five businesses within the property management Inc., you know, system, if you will, that a franchisee can participate in. We refer to this as the four pillars of property management plus realty. And no one's doing what we're doing in the in the real estate or property management uh, industry um, by the way we've built our model. Uh, and so a franchise owners are looking at, at PMI and they're evaluating the opportunity. Uh, first, it's a low cost opportunity, but then they're looking at it saying, okay, I can enter the market with PMI uh, doing residential property management. And we require the franchisee to have a single pillar focus when they come into the brand and they launch their business. But then as they develop and grow their business, they can say, hey, I want to invest further and I want to add short-term rental management, or I want to add association management, or I want to add commercial management and then take advantage of the realty or real estate sales opportunities within my portfolio. So as we've told that story to the market, it's just attracting individuals that want to be real estate entrepreneurs. And, and I think one of the things that has really helped us you know, drive our growth is our focus as a management team. And we call it our core focus, and it's really defined as creating successful entrepreneurs. And so that's what we focus all of our time, resources, and energy on doing is helping these franchise owners come into a single pillar within the brand and become a successful operator of a real estate management company. Well, you said so much in that, right? Like, know, it's amazing. So, so like, you know, one thing you did say was the, the focus part, because I'm trying to, you know, when I talk to guys like you, I'm thinking what you're doing is not easy. I mean, it, you're bringing on, I think this year, 40 units, something like that. Is that right? As far as new franchisees? Fran- owners. Yeah. Owners. We'll, yeah. we'll be closer to 90. 90. So like, in order to achieve that, of course, onboarding is one thing, but but you said something that got me, which was the singer pillar focus. Yes. You have a you have a vision for growing the the business, but you got them focused in one place because it's a lot, right? I, I can imagine for any franchise brand, any franchisee, right? But you get them focused so they have that early success and then they grow in to ongoing success. But I think that's brilliant because if you say, well, we do all these amazing things, which is great. Uh, a lot of times it's it's difficult, right, for someone to focus and build momentum. And then when it's a natural fit to expand, you do it at the right time. But that's what I picked up from that because you don't just get to 400, right, if people aren't making money. And you made another point, and I think this is a, a saying or a quote from someone famous about, you know, if you want to, if you want to make money, you help other people make money, right? And, you know, your brand is doing that or else you wouldn't be where you are. So that's pretty amazing. Is there, uh, when you look at, you said something about the earlier guys that you've worked with, you were you were there in the beginning. So you got the early franchisees and now you have the ones that you're seeing now. Is there a DNA? Is there something about, 
I know that you bring a lot to the table, obviously, but there's got to be something about the kinds of people that really do well in your network. Is there something you could describe that would kind of frame a successful franchisee for you guys? You know, I'll tell you, this is something that we discuss often is how do we continually refine or define, you know, what the ideal candidate is for for the franchise um, and specifically, you know, of course, PMI. You know, there's some attributes that we're looking for. You know, usually when someone comes into this business, because it's not a brick and mortar business where you're, you know, you know, basically building a, you know, a, a physical location from the ground up, we have to have hunters, you know, that are coming into the brand that have kind of that finder mindset that want to go out and, you know, kind of push into the market. Uh, their territory, you know, when they when they launch their franchise, and one of the things that we really work on with our franchisees as they come into the system is, we've learned that you know most new franchisees are first time business owners, and so they're developing the skill set, what I call entrepreneurial ability or entrepreneurial skill set. You know, a lot of times for for the first time, you know, as as a new business owner, so you know, being open to learn, having a growth mindset is key you know, for our business model, because, you know, a new franchisee is coming in, they have to go out to get their first client, you know, the first month that after they finish our, our workshop, and then they have to build from there. And it's, it is a build. It's a, you know, 12 to 18 month, you know, let's go out there and market and do business development activities, you know, referral and networking activities, develop my sales skills. So we found that franchisees have a growth mindset, that um, that are open develop open to developing new cell skills uh, are going to are going to thrive you know in the system. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, look, uh, franchising has been in my life for a long time, as yours, and I, I love the idea. I got, I came into it with being a person that was from the corporate world in technology sales. It was pretty crazy in the late nineties, early two thousands. Fun, but crazy. And I'm thinking. There's got to be a way I can have more control over my destiny, right? There's a lot of change happening. I think change is now perpetual. But I got into franchising thinking, wow, this is amazing, right? Like these guys are giving me a blueprint, right? All these different brands. I, I, I'm like a lot of folks. When I got into the business, I thought of like McDonald's and, and fast food and different things like that. And I realized how many different kinds of models there are. And this one yes. being one of the amazing ones uh, for just about anybody uh, to be involved in. So let me ask you this. You obviously just hit 400. You want to continue to grow. Is there something that you guys see just in terms of what we're seeing in the economic climate, right? A lot of uncertainty, a lot of change. Is there something that you're preparing your brand for or that you would say, this is what leaders should be preparing for as a franchise brand in the coming years? Is there something that you guys think that, that is prudent to be thinking about? Absolutely. And our, our industry is really interesting because when you look at the economic climate and, you know, with interest rates increasing, um, it has that impact, you know, in our business model. And what we have found is that, you know, when you move into a recession, you know, you have individuals who are saying, hey, you know what, I don't like being at risk of potentially losing my employment. I, and I think it goes to the comment you made earlier, I want to control my destiny. Um, and so being available as a vehicle for people to transition out of corporate America, you know, into business ownership to grow the brand um, is something that I think we're focused on, absolutely focused on as an executive team. And every brand should be focused on going into potentially a market downturn. Um, in regards to our specific business model, though, 
our our model tends to thrive um, in downturns. Um, you know, individuals tend to uh, you know, hold off on purchasing a home because interest rates have gone up, so they might be priced out. So, like, you know, I'm going to rent, and uh, you know, if you see uh, you know homes being foreclosed on or any type of you know correction in the market, um, you have investors going in and buying those investment properties, so that creates additional management inventory, you know, for for our model. Um, so, you know, I look at our approach, and we've really tried to provide a diversified model for the franchise owner. So they're insulated too, you know, as an operator. So as they, you know, grow their business, they can, you know, have that peace of mind or that confidence to continue investing growth. And I'll give you a prime example of this. If you look backwards at the pandemic, you know, there was one segment of our business that was impacted during the pandemic. We have a pretty nice um, uh, sized short-term rental portfolio that's driven off of, you know, vacation and business travel and, you know, people booking these short-term rentals. And we saw that book of business, just in terms of our bookings, drop 80%, you know, on the front end of the pandemic. And we have operators that were focused specifically on managing short-term rental properties. But what's interesting is we didn't have one franchise close their business during the pandemic, because what we did is we said, hey, let's help you shift and add the long-term residential rental um, pillar to your business. Let's help you shift and add the association management pillar to your business, so that you go invest in confidence back into the market, get clients, you know, focus on building and growing revenue until that pandemic, you know, you know, kind of went through its course, and then you know, we're able to see the recovery of the short-term rental industry. So, I think thinking in terms of how do you help your franchisee be, be insulated from the impacts of, of economic downturns is going to tremendously help a brand um, in terms of uh, the, the long-term picture um, for, for growth. Wow. Yeah. No, I heard a lot of things in that. Um, you know, so for me, you know, when you look at a lot of business models and you think about recession resistance, right. And I thought of you guys, and, and having some experience with, with brands like yours, um, knowing that, you know, you probably would put, be put in that category of being recession resistant. But what, what are those qualities, though? It, it's you said multiple, multiple channels or multiple business uh, uh, streams, right? Revenue streams. That's sort of one thing. Is there something else about your model that makes it uniquely recession resistant? Yeah, one of the things that's really unique about it, um, a, a big portion of our portfolio is residential housing, and it's an absolute need. You know, individuals need shelter, and and that's never going to change. You know, in terms of you know the economic or business cycles that we, that we go through, and so you know, as we effectively um, deliver services, you know, to real estate investors that provide you know rental housing or communities that you know want to provide a great ownership experience within a homeowners association or condominium association, um, that that uniquely positions our brand to be that recession resistant um, model. Um, and, it, you know, it's interesting because I look back and I, I can almost use the term that we are pandemic resistant because our brand grew significantly, you know, during the pandemic. And we did six virtual, you know, workshops and they were packed with 20 people each you know, throughout the, the pandemic years, and we were literally launching, you know, new businesses and, and didn't really have a whole lot of an impact other than that period of time where we saw that change in the, in the short-term rental booking uh, side of the business. But, uh, but I think that's what really insulates us is we're just tied to the housing industry in a very unique way. 
Yeah, sometimes size matters. I was reading on your site. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at it now. Uh, I think 10.5 trillion residential, 32 trillion commercial uh, association. There's 400,000 of them. Uh, yeah, it's just a huge, I mean, real estate is a huge market and you guys really come at it from every angle. So it doesn't really matter what the market's doing. You just have to be able to look at it through a certain lens, right? Yeah, you look at it through a certain lens and you're prepared to adjust and help coach your franchisees on being um, agile, you know, as a business owner. And, uh, and so, you know, that's, that's one of the things that we, we talk about, you know, as a team is, you know, how do we properly coach a franchisee and when to add an additional vertical or pillar, you know, to their business to make that additional investment to diversify um, their portfolio? Because we refer to that um, as being a, a strategic and diversified property manager. When someone is operating a property management company in multiple uh, multiple pillars, um, and so we we love the model uh, and the market's responding to it in a really positive way. Yeah, yeah. Do you, how important do you believe it is? Because I'm just reading into it, and I know uh, we can't talk specifics about earnings and things. But don't you think? I mean, you guys are offering in a in a marketplace like real estate, many different angles, many revenue streams. But in the end, a business owner having the ability to decide how big do I want to be? The fact that it can be scalable. How how important is that for a franchise brand to have a model? It has that potential in the first place, right? What would you say to that? Because it seems to me like these guys can build a pretty big business with these pillars. They can. And I'll tell you, it's, it's, it's unique because two things can occur in terms of the opportunity for a franchisee within our model. You can have a franchisee that decides their franchise journey is to grow their business to a point where um, they're making good income and they don't have any staff and they kind of level out in terms of their, their growth. Um, now, our challenge is to get those franchise owners to expand their vision and help them recognize how significant the growth opportunity is to transition from you know owning a job or a labor grade franchise to a investment grade or owning a business you know within the business model. And so we've defined actually our franchise journey to help the franchisee see, um, the different stages of development that they can go through to move into that um, level of operation that we refer to as a strategic property manager, where they have a high-performing team that they've hired and put in place to deliver the in-services to the customer base. You know, they've got the marketing engine pumping out. You know, using six to eight lead gen strategies. They got you know all their business systems fully integrated using our our model and our our vendors, and and then they've added pillars. And so as we see the franchisees mature. You know, through that process, you're seeing other franchise owners catch that vision and say, you know what, I want to be that kind of operator, you know, in the PMI system. And in fact, when we go to our annual convention, Rob, um, we recognize our diamond pin recipients who are those businesses that are generating a million dollars in top line revenue um, as a as a PMI franchisee. And, and we make a big deal about those pin recipients. So people say, you know what, I want to earn my diamond pin. And they catch that vision. Of, of growing that type of business. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, there's something about seven figures, right? Yeah, there oh, is. There is. You absolutely. know what I mean? And, and starting with the end in mind, that's the first thing I thought of. I mean, if you, you know, again, why do you guys have 400 units? How did you do that? Right. Um, and you're growing like crazy. Uh, but that's, these are some of the reasons, right? I mean, you know, you give someone a vision, they start with the end in mind, they know what their vision is. You have an exit plan, you're building an asset. Uh, you can put, 
you know, as much into it or, or less into it, but you have a plan, you have a vision. And I think that's amazing. I, th- I mean, are you agreeing with me? I mean, that's probably came with a lot of thought. I mean, you guys just didn't, I mean, it'd be great if, if you thought of it 17 years ago or 10 years ago. Um, but, but I mean, really that sort of, that sort of thinking, I think is so important, right. And making a big deal about it, right. So that the franchisees all see and uh, what's possible, right. Cause there's something about that, whether it's sports or, any other record that that might get broken, you all of a sudden believe I can do it. I can do it. If he can do seven figures, I know I met him. I know him. Uh, and so uh, I think that's amazing work that you're doing. Um, so as we come to the end of the show, one of the things I love to ask guys like you is, you know, in, in all your time of managing folks, leading teams, working with franchisees, watching them grow into big businesses or bigger, small businesses, um, is there a, a magic bullet? Something that you always and I like. I said start with the end in mind. That's a good one. Yeah, That's good. Yeah. That could be a magic bullet. But is there something that you often think of a lot when when you when you're involved in business that you yeah, want to leave with the audience? Absolutely, Rob. And it, you know, as I've thought about business, it really comes down to this: that people people build businesses, right? And so when I look at the people component of of a of a business. Um, one of the things I've learned as an executive, there's kind of three things that I've kind of used as my philosophy to get my my teams to really um, execute on on the vision. Uh, one, I give them autonomy. You know, no one likes to be micromanaged, and so you have to give them autonomy. But then, coupled with that autonomy, you have to create a culture of accountability. And then the third element that I found that really gets um, uh, I guess the troops moving in the right direction, rolling in the right direction, is there has to be a level of emotional buy into the vision, you know. And so I find that if I can get a team member to basically uh, accomplish those three things, I can help them feel like they have that sense to 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 innovate and to you know look at the business and figure out how to improve it and have the autonomy go out and execute it. And they're not micromanaged. And then we have some specific benchmarks and initiatives we're trying to hit, you know, tackle as a team. And they know they're accountable to accomplishing that. And they have a, a buy-in emotionally to, to what we're trying to, to do as a brand. Um, that's been somewhat my secret sauce, you know, uh, from an executive role uh, to really help move the needle and move the organization forward. So hopefully that helps somebody that's listening to this. Uh, the show and they say, you know, those are some good takeaways. And so um, there's a lot that can go into that, but uh, hopefully that's a, a benefit to the audience. No, I tell you, uh, it helped me, you know, I mean, I, it's a refresher. It's a reminder. It's a different way of looking at it or saying it, but I think even for small, small franchisers, right. I mean, starting with that idea of, of helping folks buy in right to the vision feel like they're a part of that vision, right? Being clear on what that is and then let them have some room to do it. Yeah. But but don't uh, you think any, I mean, that the sooner the better, right? In a franchise culture. Yeah. Uh, you want to, and I, I'm glad you mentioned culture and, you know, culture is a, an interesting animal, you know, in regards to how you create it and how you lead it. But uh, I love how you spoke about the the vision and helping you know, franchisee, the franchisor team, if we can align, and this is one thing we've worked really hard on is aligning that team to that vision, you know, the culture kind of comes out naturally, you know, in that process and we go out and execute. So, yeah. Well, I, I tell you, it's been a pleasure. Before we let you go today, Jeremiah, is there a, a website or a resource that you'd want to point the audience to? 
Yeah, if I can share two websites. So our consumer-facing website is propertymanagementinc.com. You know, that's um, the, the website we market to, to, our, to our customers on behalf of our franchisees. And, um, but the franchise opportunity website is propertymanagementincfranchise.com. So to explore the opportunity, you go to propertymanagementincfranchise.com. Got it. Got it. That sounds great. I want to thank my sponsor, Integrated Digital Technologies or Strategies, IDS. Uh, thank you so much. I want to thank the audience today. And again, we look forward to our next episode. And bye for now.